1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio.
0: And it ain't going to be pretty because the way things are going right now for Belichick, it's going to end ugly, but there's a whole lot of ugly in week five of the NFL. It's Carlin versus Joe ESPN radio, Sirius XM channel 80. I have to tell you, watching that Cowboys Niners game last night, seeing the Niners just Dismantle Dallas from front to back, Joe. It made me wonder where the future of the Cowboys lies with this season. Like, what exactly are they going to be? Because that game was so bad that I would take them off of level two in the league. And to me, they are just like an awful lot of two and three and three and two teams right now, the way they look.
2: The first thing you gotta consider is who you want leading this franchise going forward. And it, it's, I don't wanna sit here and bag on McCarthy all day, but come on man, you can't show up for that game and have your team that unprepared. You were unprepared on defense, you were unprepared on offense, You had no answers at any point in that game. You looked like you took the week off. No one's saying you have to go up there and win. You were an underdog. The Niners are a great team. We get it. But to go up there and just roll over and die in the first big game of the season, you had played nobody. You played the Giants. You played the Jets. You played the Cardinals. You played the Patriots. You played nobody. This is a game that everyone should have been up for. And as soon as you took the field, your defense got mowed down. Seven plays, 75 yards, touchdown, just over three minutes. You come out and you have no counter. Three and out, one yard gained, 50 seconds off the clock. You let San Francisco hold the ball for damn near 13 minutes in the first quarter. You commit a turnover, four penalties for 30 yards. You weren't prepared under any circumstance. Baltimore is a better team than Pittsburgh, but Tomlin had his team ready to play. It wasn't great. It wasn't pretty, but they were in a position where they could capitalize late. They were ready to play in that game. Okay. You work your way around the NFL, the Rams going against the Eagles. Yeah. The Eagles should win that game, but McVay had them in a position where they were competing in that game. Okay. even Kevin O'Connell had the Vikings competing against the Chiefs. McCarthy didn't have his team ready to go. That's what would worry me more than anything today. Not how Dak played, not the defense getting exposed, not anything. It's the fact that McCarthy failed to simply have his team ready to compete at any sort of level. They got rolled over and then they quit. And That's that big, right there is an indictment of the head coach.
0: It's a major indictment of the head coach. There, there's no getting around it. I would say that the way that the 49ers handled them with an offensive line that is not what it has been over the last few years oh. is really troubling. Yep. I mean, they, they rush for basically, what, 180 yards in a game. And it, it, they just pushed them up and down all day long. And it does make me wonder in the grand scheme now, where is all of this headed? because the cowboys are 3 and 2 right now. Do I find a path that is easy enough for them to get to 10 wins? I don't think it's that easy. I don't think it's that easy at all. I mean, I'll I'll run it down for you quickly just to give you an idea. But it's the Chargers on the road, then it's a bye week and then the Rams at home, followed by a trip to Philly, the Giants, Carolina, Okay, Washington, Seattle, then Philly again, at Buffalo, at Miami, Detroit, and at Washington. Like, that that's not easy getting to 10 right there. You're, you're going to beat the Giants. You're going to beat Carolina. you I mean, am I going to say you're going to beat the Chargers and the Rams? Hmm, I don't know. It's a split. Am I going to split with Washington or am I going to beat them twice?
2: They're fortunate that the NFC is top heavy with San Francisco and Philly. That's the most fortunate thing for Dallas is that it's not a deep conference this year.
0: Right. But back to back weeks where they're going to Buffalo and Miami, I tell you what, by the middle of December, they better have stacked some wins because they go to Buffalo, Miami and then Detroit at home before closing the regular season at Washington. I mean, that is a three-week... That is not a Merry Christmas right there for the Dallas Cowboys. No, it is not. Not not by any stretch. So, if we're talking about the future and where all of this is headed, where it's heading, it doesn't include Dak Prescott in the future, because last night he stunk again in a big situation. What else is new? He made one big throw, made me think, all right, maybe he's coming around, cuts to 14-7, they give it right back. And he throws three interceptions later in the game, two of which were really his fault. You know... All of that, it is just amazing to me that the Cowboys can that quickly get taken out of that conversation. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. For more on this, we welcome in Booger McFarlane, ESPN football analyst who joins us right now. So, Booger, let's start there with the Cowboys off of last night. What is their future outlook with Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott when you see what is in front of them and what happened last night?
3: Yeah, I'm not going to overreact. Uh, last night was definitely, uh, as Zach said, a very humbling experience. I think there's no other way to put it. I think they got out coached, they got outplayed. But it, it's, it's the NFL, guys. It's, it's a week-to-week league. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys uh, went on to win 10, 11 games and, and, and they see this San Francisco team again at some point. Um, I think we can be a little quick sometimes to overreact based on one performance. Uh, If a team has a good performance, we want to crown them. If a team has a bad performance, we want to bury them. Realizing that this is a week-to-week league um, and everybody's going to have performances. Look at the Miami Dolphins. We were ready to to crown them and Buffalo bludgeon them. And they came back and won this week and the Dolphins are back. So let's just take it for what it is. We haven't even gotten to Halloween yet. Um, It was a bad loss. They got to go back to the drawing board and if and when they see that team again they got to be a lot better.
0: But Booker, the thing the two things that would bother me the most out of it, something Joe was talking about a few minutes ago. Number 1, they weren't ready to play and that was very clear. And number 2, they got pushed around as as much as they did physically and maybe I'm taking too much out of it, but on a night like that against a team like that, how would you just treat that part of the performance? Well, I, I wouldn't in any other way than to call
3: it out. Like, listen, guys, hey, here's what happened. The most physical team in football showed us there's a different level of physicality that they're playing with than what we thought we had. And you got to call it out. And then uh, well, we're professionals, man. We got to go back to the drawing board and figure out why weren't we ready to play? Was it just because we were on the road? Uh, do we want to see this team again on the road? If not, we better pick our stuff up. That way we can get a home game if and when we see this team again. Um I'm not overly, uh, again, alarmed that the 49ers won the game. Uh, it's a standalone game. You're at home. It's Sunday night football. I've been there. The crowd's going crazy. Uh, the momentum is a real thing, and it just started to snowball, especially you know, throughout the middle of the second quarter uh, and third quarter. I think the bigger issue that Mike McCarthy has to ask is this, is that you took over play calling because you wanted the game to look a certain way. And in the biggest game of the season so far, the game didn't look like that you or Dak had a, a clue to what you guys wanted to do offensively. And I think that's the thing I take away. It's one thing to put up 40 points against uh, the Giants and the Jets and these people. But when you, when you go up against the upper echelon teams, what do we do well? What do we need to improve on? I think that's the biggest question inside that, that, that Cowboys facility today. And it's got to be answered by the head coach and the starting quarterback.
2: Bog, on the other side of the ball, Brock Purdy was damn near perfect last night. Great in the pocket, calm, roasted the challenge, made a lot of big plays down the field. I mean, people are talking about him as an MVP candidate right now. I, I understand there was this idea that maybe it was a flash in the pan in year one, but he's even better in year two. How good could this kid be?
3: Well, he, he does the things that we don't pay attention to. He's accurate with the football. He makes really good decisions. Uh, he, he understands uh, poise and, and, and calmness in the pocket. And those are the things that is required to play the quarterback position. That position, I don't care how tall you are, how fast you run the 40 in, what's your vertical jump, I could care less about any of those things. And so I, I think, you know, he's playing really, really good football, Um I'm not going to talk about MVP conversations after Halloween. I think it's a stupid conversation until then. Um, And so he's playing really, really good ball. His team is undefeated. Uh, Right now it looks like the road anywhere in the NFC has got to go through San Francisco. And as long as he plays good football, he's going to be
0: treated and welcome with all the accolades that he deserves. Booger, great stuff as usual. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Anytime. Booger McFarlane, ESPN NFL analyst. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. The road to the World Series goes right through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Well, we joke, Russell Wilson, he may sound like a robot after the games, but the issue for Sean Payton is maybe he doesn't play like one. That's next, ESPN Radio and the ESPN. This is the Carlin
1: versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hand off Brees Hall. Right up the middle. Bust free to the 35-40. He's loose at the 50.
2: Right sideline, 40. Brees Hall at the 20, 10, 5. House call. That's a jet touchdown. Russell Wilson being chased. He'll be sacked. The ball pops out. Loose on the far side. And scooped off. Brees Hall runs down the
4: racked up over 400 yards on him, put up 31 points, found that print.
0: It is ironic that the AI quarterback improvises too much. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Don't forget, you can be a part of the show on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The Broncos lose to the Jets at home yesterday. Russell Wilson gets strip-sacked late in the game, and that put it away for the Jets. And here's here's how I know that Russ, Sean Payton, the Broncos, every, every bit of it just looks off, Joe. At the end of the game, the Broncos begin a drive down by three after Zach Wilson gives them the ball again, right? And they start to go down the field, and I said to myself, there's no way that they're going to win this game. There's no way they're going to beat the Jets. I never had for a moment a thought that a team was going to go down the field on the New York Jets and tie the game. Because I had absolutely zero faith in Wilson's ability to do it, and I had absolutely zero faith in how the Broncos had played to think that even though they had all the momentum at that moment that they were going to do that to the Jets. And think about it. I'm saying that about the Jets,
2: the Jets, the Jets, who have been the butt of many jokes this year. You're talking about their opponent having no chance of beating them late in a game. This is a football team in Denver that's bad and starting to border on dysfunctional. And that's what they're going to want to try to avoid at all costs. Season's lost. I know in that locker room they'll talk about how they're going to bounce back and they're going to do all this. They're not going to. They have the worst defense in the league by a by a long, long margin. They are dead last in points allowed. They are dead last in opponent yards per play. They are dead last in pressure rate. They're in the bottom of half of the league in takeaways. They don't do anything well on the defensive side of the ball. And when you're that bad over there, And you're not elite on the other side, you're not going to win games. So that's all right. You're in the division with the Chiefs. You know it's going to be a tough task to figure out how to get to the playoffs and then navigate through them. Sean Payton comes in. You would hope, you would hope that you would be a little bit more competitive right now. You'd hope you'd have a little bit more success, but it's clearly setting itself up for a fall guy to emerge to take the heat and then for the organization to move forward. And I believe you've been calling this for quite some time. You even put a date on it, and I will let you take it from there because I've got no way to argue anything you've said from the beginning of the year about a certain relationship that we're about to discuss. By week
0: 11, these two are headed for a divorce. This is going to be ugly by the time we roll around to week 11. And for me, and that's between Peyton and Russell Wilson, I don't see where that is going to work out long term. And all I need to see is Russ going off the field yesterday after getting stripped of the ball and sacked and Peyton say to him the hot was the running back. In other words, the hot read was the running back. Why didn't you throw it to him is what he's asking. And Russ just walked right past him. Like, this is going to get uglier, and Peyton's going to make it uglier. There are times that we see people purposely make things ugly and a mess to get what they want. And I firmly believe Sean Peyton thought that when he took this job. Either we can fix Russ, and he's willing to do the things that he needs to do, and he's willing to listen to me, or I'll just turn it into a mess, and I know that I will win that fight. Because these owners just handed me all that money this offseason. Yeah, they also handed the money to Russ, too. But they have a lot more to work with off of what Russell Wilson has done, which has been jack squat douche over the last year and a half. And while the numbers this year would make you think, oh, yeah, Russ hasn't been that bad. They're better. They are better than they're, last year. They're, they're better. But they're not better to the point where it actually matters. Because they're one and four, they're bad. The defense is atrocious. Don't, they're not getting off the hook here. They are historically bad right now. But Russ is a part of it in moments like that. He and postgame, he is the AI quarterback. I mean, I Canty I, and I did a bit <laughs> a few weeks back uh, before we started the show, and it was, who said it, Russell Wilson or Chat GPT? <laughs> And it was very, very hard.
2: Are we gonna be able to do some of that today? Well, here's Russ
0: after the game. I have no idea what he's saying, but it, basically you're trying to make <laughs> him sound like Stephen Hawking right there. But that's that's the point. Here here Russ actually
4: is. Yeah, that's the truth. We really should should and could be four and one. Oh God, uh, stop. I
0: gotta stop it right there. I can't go any further. Yeah, that's the truth. We should and could be 4-1. and You're not. You're not. You're not, and you're playing a big role in that. And this coach is not going to put up with a ton of crap. And he has been outwardly critical during the offseason of the things that Russ has done. And I feel like after yesterday, we are getting closer and closer until you see or hear that story. That will come from sources. You watch. We are in week five, right? It will start to leak out around week seven, week eight. Russ and Sean are not on the same page. Sean Payton is losing his patience with Russell Wilson. Those are the stories that are going to come, and then it's going to blow up, and by the time we get to week 11, Russ could get benched. I could absolutely see that scenario playing out. That's what I expect
2: to happen. Not think, expect to happen. One word response, is Russ back with Denver next year? No. Okay. The, the, the trajectory of his career in the public eye from college until now is just fascinating to me. Fascinating. Like, the, look at how many twists and turns he's been through. He was at NC State. He was producing at a certain level. NC State essentially tells him, we don't want you back. We're moving on. I think it was to Mike Glennon, if I'm not mistaken. It was. But I could be wrong. No, okay, it Okay, so they go to Mike Glennon. They go, we don't want you back. You're not going to be starting here next year. So he leaves, and he becomes a graduate transfer who goes to Wisconsin and gets the Badgers to the Rose Bowl. He gets drafted in the third round by Seattle. He's meant to be a backup to Matt Flynn. Flynn, who had been a backup to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and was going to be the starter in Seattle. Ross apparently looks so good and is so impressive that Pete Carroll names him the starter from day one as a rookie in Seattle. So now he becomes this underdog story that everyone's rooting for. Goes to two Super Bowls, wins one, gives back to the community, seems like an all-around good guy, and then it starts to shift a little bit. Like, they keep cycling offensive coordinators in and out of Seattle because apparently the coordinators weren't any good, but then maybe now it's turning out to be a Russ thing. Then they trade him to Seattle, and we think, all right, you know, things sour. McNabb got traded out of Philadelphia at the end. We've seen this before. Montana left San Francisco at the end. We've seen this before. Comes to Denver, has a disastrous season under Hackett. He's got the rumors about the multiple parking spots, his own office, this whole entourage that comes in every day. Peyton comes in, tells him no. His numbers improve, but he's eventually going to get run out of Denver. Like, just the the twists and turns of his entire career in the public eye, I still have no idea who he is. Is that weird to say? Like, I have no idea who Russell Wilson is, despite having followed his career for, I don't know, 15 years now? No idea. No idea who he is.
0: And it's funny. I was asking that question. I did a bowl game. It was the, the Papa John's Bowl in Birmingham, Alabama, against NC State, Rutgers and NC State. And Russ was a redshirt freshman, and he is running all over the field. And he asked that question, who is this guy? Right. You know, he is amazing in the game. And then here today, after watching this entire career in which he is a future Hall of Famer that – Somehow feels like he has taken some steps back that doesn't make it a first ballot thing right away, where it absolutely would have been at one point. I'm still asking, who is he? Who is this guy? Seriously, we have no idea who he is. Other than apparently a problem. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Hit us up, Dr. Pepper, call in line eight 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 say ESPN 888-729-3776. Is Russ going to be back in Denver next year? And as far as the Cowboys are concerned, have they just taken a massive step back after last night in getting manhandled as they did? Eight 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 say ESPN. Then there is the other side of the Wilson-Wilson battle from yesterday. Did the Jets actually have an opportunity now, based off that win, to turn this thing around? Oh, here we go. I know. I know. I didn't write it. The Jet fan wrote it.
1: (laughs) This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Is enough! I have had it with these
1: takes on this plane! Everybody strap in! This plane is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff.
0: Yes, it is part two of the NFL takeoff. It's Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio, SiriusXM, Channel 80. We rolled through six of the games earlier. Let's roll through the next six. Jets 31, Broncos 21. Well, we just spent a good amount of time talking about Russell Wilson. Zach Wilson, am I supposed to get excited? I mean, he still turned it over in a relatively big spot, 199 yards passing. I guess I could say not awful, and is that what we are signing up for right now? It kind of feels like that's what the Jets are going to be satisfied with.
2: I'll take the positive angle here. You had a huge performance last week against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. The team came up just short. It felt like it was going to be a big letdown this week at Denver. Like you had the defending champs on the ropes and you blew it. How do you get up for this game against the Broncos on the road at altitude? Well, you did. You found a way. You hung 31 points. It wasn't pretty, but no one expects it to be pretty when it's Jets football with Zach Wilson at quarterback. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. It doesn't matter how lousy or dysfunctional they are. You had an opportunity to win a football game and you won that football game. Credit to the Jets. They played hard in that matchup. And uh, you also had uh, Brees Hall rushing for 177 yards and the
0: Jets all pumping up the fact that they won that game for Nathaniel Hackett yesterday, even after all week long. No, 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 it's not about that. Of course it is. You're going to use it. But I don't know if you saw C.J. Uzama before the game yelling, blank that guy, blank
2: everything about him. Let's go do this for Hackett. (laughs) <laughs> but it's not about hacking right. at all. <laughs> One quick note I want to throw in. Um, how did Iowa State have Brock Purdy at quarterback and Brees Hall at running back and not go anywhere? That's an Sorry, I question. like Matt Campbell as a head coach. I really do. But damn, man, those two are bowling in the NFL. Like you figure you would have challenged for the conference or something. Uh, you are not kidding. How did
0: that happen? I do not know. Jaguars 25, Bills 20. You were on this one, and the Jaguars spending that extra time over in London playing back-to-back weeks uh, certainly helped them out. The Bills apparently did not even go over until Friday. They were trying to minimize the effect of the travel. But Trevor Lawrence, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was running for his life all day. Joe, he was pressured 22 times and still managed to throw for 350 yards, or 315 yards. That was pretty impressive from Trevor Lawrence.
2: That needs to terrify you if you're in Jacksonville, because Cam Robinson, your left tackle, just came off his four-game this four, e, four game suspension for PEDs, and you, got, you supposedly got better, and he was under duress all day. Good win for Jacksonville. They took advantage of the situation, but for Buffalo, you lost linebacker Matt Milano for the season. It looks like a fractured leg with a knee injury on top you lost cornerback Tradavius White last week. Nobody is talking enough about this. This is supposed to be a legitimate Super Bowl contender who lost probably their two best defensive players. It could be curtains. It could be curtains for the fine people of Western New York.
1: Lions 42, Panthers 24.
2: Joe,
0: how am I supposed to feel about Jared Goff? You're supposed to love him right now. Well, the way he is playing oh, is IBM just is coming. absolutely lights out. 300,
2: no, there's nothing coming. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Let me step in. That felt like a perfect time for fat and sassy and spoiled. No. No, I'm going to feel that way. But
0: I wasn't even thinking about it. But why not?
3: Fat and sassy and spoiled.
0: Yeah, that's what <laughs> Lion fans should feel right now. Fat
3: and sassy and spoiled.
0: Absolutely. 326 yards, <laughs> three passing touchdowns, a rushing touchdown. Jared Goff has been absolutely terrific, and he deserves all the credit in the world. His passer rating for this season right now is at 104.4, and his QBR is top five in the league. That's how that's how good he has been this season.
2: Nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Oh, by the way, did that yesterday without star receiver Amon Ra St. Brown, who was out due to injury, so let's keep that no in Chabere mind Gibbs as either. well. The Lions hammered the Panthers in this game. The Panthers stink. They've got some major problems. They are not even competitive. I want to go back to something you said about this game, though, big man. Going into this game, you kept talking about how, look, it's great the Lions hammered the Packers in prime time, but I want to see how you're going to play in the games where no one's paying attention against bad teams. Well, here it was. What do you think? I am very impressed because that game was never
0: in doubt. They beat the daylights out of them. Very well done. And that shows a maturity. You know, when they lose that game at the beginning of the year to the Seahawks, that wasn't that was a that was one of those games that makes you say, uh, "Are they ready for this?" This showed me that there was no letdown, there was no playing down to the level of the opponent. And they are four and one, and I vault them in front of the Cowboys right now on that power rankings. They are they are absolutely on that second tier, especially in the NFC right now. All right, next. Dolphins
1: 31,
0: Giants 16. This game looked like it was going to be super ugly, and the only reason it wasn't is because the Dolphins turned the football over three times. They came out and went down the field on the Giants. It was such precision and in chunks that you just thought that somehow this was going to be a 45 nothing type game. Uh, That's how bad the Giants looked early. That's how good the Dolphins looked early. The Dolphins are averaging 514 yards per game this season. Wow. I, uh,
2: I'm i married in the Bills Mafia, so I can't really say things like this in my own home, but she's not around. And I doubt she's listening to what we're up to today because, <laughs> you know, why, why would she? I'm sure your wife probably feels similar about you and I together, but this Dolphins team is awesome to watch. Like, also, I'm, no analytics, No opinions, no hot takes, no anything other than the fact that if you like watching football, you gotta have Miami on TV when they're playing. They are so much fun the way they are just sprinting up and down the field. How easy they make it look. This isn't the Big 12 or the Pac-12. This is the NFL. I know the Giants aren't great, but the way they are able to just carve up opponents and march down the field as fast as they do, it's really fun to watch, Carlos. It it is a lot of fun to
0: watch. And then you watch with the speed you're talking about. Devin A. Chan and Tyreek Hill yesterday. Both rushing, uh, both running over 21 miles an hour. HN was up at like 21.8, and then Tyreek Hill comes out and goes 22 miles an hour, running 22 miles an hour with all that equipment on, too. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Bengals 34, Cardinals 20. Okay, so Joe Burrow looks like he's back, right? Well, let's not get nuts about it yet. He certainly looked better than he has all season. And we have to believe him when he said he felt better than he has all year. But if you are now going to buy into the Bengals, I would caution you before you do that. And the reason is as much as the AFC North is muddled right now, look at what the Bengals have coming up Seattle at San Francisco, Buffalo, Houston at Baltimore, Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. Good
2: luck. Fourteen to one to win the AFC. Burrow wasn't on the injury report last week. Said his mobility was better. Oh, went out Joe and showed C's it. Value. Joe I, I'm ju- value. I'm just saying. I've got no problem throwing it in on Dallas. I've got no problem throwing it in on some of these other teams and saying they're not going to contend this year. They're not going to make a deep run. I'm not out on Cincinnati just yet. I'm not saying I'm in. But I'm not out just yet. There's there are only a handful of teams you don't bail on early. Cincinnati's one of them. They showed me something yesterday, so I'm gonna wait. I'm out. <laughs> You're out. Chiefs on twenty-seven, Vikings
1: twenty.
0: Out. Out. Chiefs win. This was just kind of one of those weird games. It really was. It was one of those games where the Chiefs, again, did not play at their best, but it also was a game when Travis Kelsey got a little bit banged up, Patrick Mahomes found other guys, and and I'll be honest, there were a couple of times that he was exceptionally lucky. I mean, he threw a ball up in the air for grabs, basically, downfield off his back foot, And Justin Watson came down with it at midfield. And that that was just Mahomesian luck on that play. And that's kind of what they ran into yesterday. I give the Vikings credit for hanging in and playing as well as they did. But I can't give them that much credit.
2: Kirk Cousins, 29 to 47, 284 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. You are now one and four. Yeah, sure. I'm guessing you're not going to trade them. We told you to do it weeks ago. You probably wanted to stick this out. Well, you're exactly where we said you're going to be. And now, probably no one's interested. Atlanta's not interested. Desmond Ritter looked good yesterday. Zach Wilson won a game yesterday.
0: Good luck, Minnesota. Have a nice season. And here's all you need to know, Joe Last year, they were 11 and 0 in one score games. This year, they're 1 and 4 overall and 1 and 4 in one-score games. <laughs> <laughs>
2: ex- the math doesn't lie, man. We say this stuff and people are, "Oh, the nerds, the nerds. That's not how you play football." Some of this stuff is just an indicator. That's all it is. You don't need to get wrapped up in it, but there are indicators. The Giants and the Vikings told us last year that they would not be good this year. We're seeing it now. It is not a surprise.
0: And I will be paying attention to what's up with Justin Jefferson, who left the game in the fourth quarter with a hamstring injury in that game. Kelsey did come back into the game. We'll see about him this week. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Monday night football means the Monday night moneymaker on the way. Next
1: on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on
2: ESPN Radio. Let's
4: finish this.
1: It's time to end the football week with a win.
0: Easy money.
1: This is Monday Night Moneymaker.
0: It is Monday Night Moneymaker, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, this Monday Night Preview is brought to you by our friends at Progressive Insurance. In the bank, Joseph has $92.25, I have $109.40. As we go into your Monday Night Moneymaker, Joseph Fortenbaugh, the floor is yours.
2: All right, I've got two picks for tonight. You want me to unload both of them right now? Go. All right. Very simple. Number one, give me the Packers plus the two over the Raiders. I think this is a great spot for Green Bay. They haven't played in 11 days since that Thursday night loss to the Detroit Lions. Okay. So they've got the rest. And in Las Vegas, not really a road game for them. A bunch of Packer fans are going to travel out here. The building is probably going to be filled with cheeseheads, So it's going to be comfortable. The, The Raiders have a terrible pass defense. Jordan Love should be able to get himself situated and make plays down the field. Green Bay's getting relatively healthy. So I'm going to play the Packers plus the two. I'm also going to play Jordan Love over 235 and a half passing yards. He's gone over this number in three or four games this season. And again, like I said, that Raider pass defense, highly suspect. So those are my two bets. I am risking... A grand total of $11 to win $10 on those wagers. Wow. You just absolutely hosed me. How so? Those were my two picks. Well, you're going to end up keeping your lead on me then. Congratulations to you. No, I'm not going to do that.
0: I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do the checker on a checker bit.
2: No, it's okay. I trust you. I don't think you were sitting there waiting to sandbag me. You came in with your plays. We just so happened to say have the same two. Hey, great All right. minds, man. We are leading the Pick'em contest around here. We should feel good about this.
0: All right, that's fair. But I, I am going to change up one of the two picks. Here's First things first, I will go Packers on the money line. Packers on the money line at plus 120 is what I have them at. So Packers to win outright in the game. Aaron Jones does not sound like he is going to play. Uh, So that's a little bit of a concern. I am with you uh, on the passing yards for Jordan Love, but I will go in a different direction. And I have had a love affair myself with the Packers young receiver Jaden Reed. Ooh, okay. Jaden Reed over 34 and a half receiving yards at minus 110. Jaden Reed over 34 and a half receiving yards. I am going to risk $20. I am going to risk $20. I should say $21 exactly. Getting
2: aggressive. Yes, I would like to make one thing clear as well. Yeah. Both of my wagers also qualify as official pizza money plays for the show. Mm-hmm. Overall, pizza money is 32 wins, 26 defeats, one tie. We are up 2.62 units. So those two plays also count as pizza money wagers. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, the Monday Night Football Preview,
0: brought to you by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs, for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive. Progressive.com. I have noticed one thing about the Raiders defense specifically, Joe, and as much as I am absolutely on board with playing the idea of Jordan uh, Love going over 235 yards, I would look at the fact that the Raiders defense this year has been about 40 yards better against the pass so far. Last year, you could chuck it all over the lot on them. And Their secondary's been a little bit better. Uh, overall, their pass defense has been better. Uh, I'm not going to say going to tell you it's shut down, but the, right now they're giving up
2: about 200 yards per game passing. One thing they've done very well defensively is they've realized their limitations, so they play a bend-don't-break style of defense. They will let you chew them up underneath. You can dink and dunk on them all day. They're just going to try at every turn to prevent you from throwing deep on them. The Rams did this yesterday against Philadelphia. The broadcast team kept talking about it. Greg Olson did a phenomenal job. He kept saying the Rams are not going to give up the big play here. The Rams are not going to let someone get behind them and go for a 60-yard touchdown. And Hurts and the Eagles were able to adjust and do what they needed to do, but that was basically the game plan, and that's what the Raiders have been doing. You're going to see slow, methodical drives on the Green Bay side if they do it properly because the Raiders' offense has been on the field Shorter than most teams this season. So because of that style of defense, they're out there a lot. It forces you to run a lot of plays to get down there. We'll see if Jordan Love can chew him up tonight. Maybe over on his completions as well is worth looking at.
1: Garland versus Joe. Breaking news.
0: This out of the Colts and Adam Schefter, Shane Steichen, told reporters that Anthony Richardson, their rookie quarterback, is going to miss, quote, some time with his sprained ac joint they're unsure how long he is going to be sidelined because of the injury they're still evaluating if he needs to go on ir and of course that would keep him out a minimum of four games he he has got to find a way well it's not even find a way he's just got to learn to avoid these hits because he's getting knocked out of these games left and right joe
2: It has been alarming that in the first game he played, he got dinged up and left for a little bit. That was against Jacksonville. In the second game he played, I believe he got knocked out early against Houston. And then he ended up missing the next game. And then he came back and he's getting dinged up in game five and leaving and is going to miss maybe a month or so. Who knows? We don't have the official word just yet, but there are some reports out there. Like, Anthony Richardson has talent. He's very exciting. He's a developmental project, but... Man, like early on, we've got some huge red flags here. It's not like he suffered a concussion and is missing three weeks because of that concussion. Or he suffered one injury, like Joe Burrow with the calf, and he reaggravates it a bit, and it just isn't healing. It's a different injury every time. He keeps getting hurt. He's taking way too many hits out there. I, I got to thank you for something. Oh. You haven't said
0: a word today about the disaster that is my beard. And I'm using air quotes with that.
2: No, I'm not. I, I don't take shots like that. You and I are a team. We will have some yeah. fun. But when we go 3-0... and o- this many weeks in a row in the Pick'Em, when we're in full command of the ESPN Radio Pick'Em Challenge, this culture will not be disrupted. I will not disrupt this culture with commentary like that. I think you look as handsome as I've ever seen you. I I need to stop
0: acting like a rookie quarterback and stop making the same mistake. Because (laughs) on
2: Friday after our
0: show, I had to go and get a haircut, ironically enough, and my beard thinned out a little bit, and I said to the woman in this place in Madison, Wisconsin, just thin it out. Just in it out. Don't change the lines or anything. Change the bottom line. It looks like I'm wearing a chin strap under my fat chin. <laughs> Dear God. I mean, what do I got to do? Now I got to sit around. I'm walking around Madison, Wisconsin all weekend with this thing. People looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, that's what it was. It was the beard.
1: <laughs> all right, that's fair. Thanks for listening to the Colin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.